about this. Your son isn't going to know about radio calling. That's true. He's just not. It's just not going to be a thing in his life in any capacity. At least he won't have to deal with the realization that most of them are fake. That's the best part. Oh, so sad, though. The insane ones are fake, but then you get the ones that are just, uh, can I, can I hear this song? You're just like, they're just like, okay, special request from Pete in Rochester. Pete, this one goes to you. Here's Led Zeppelin, Pete, you fucking idiot. Love it. I love it. Welcome to the Kevin Kevin. 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 Welcome to the Kevin Podcast. Episode 2. Featuring Anthony Pantusco. And Kevin Angus. Baseball is a thing where I feel like if you grew up with it as a kid in your life, you're going to just love it as an like it's going to be there in your life moving forward. Does that make sense? Oh, man. Did you grow up with baseball? It, it does. And that was the exact opposite end result for me. One, because from a very young age, I was very, very short and very, very skinny. So I had no muscle. I was always the tiniest kid in the class until like I finally hit puberty in high school. But, the, you know, I was in like the bottom five percentile for height for my age range for a very long time and underweight as well. So, you know, I was prime pickings as far as, you know, teasings and, and you know, gym class. So putting me like my, my dad was a big Yankees fan. I've gone to many Yankees games. I've watched a lot of baseball and I could not ever enjoy playing it because I sucked. I couldn't hit the ball. I couldn't catch the ball. I couldn't throw the ball. I couldn't run very fast. I had none of the prerequisite skills needed to be good at baseball in any sense of the word. The only sport I ever had a little bit of success at was tennis. And that was because I played it after I hit puberty. So I was like a regular sized human. But fucking baseball? Little League? I, I, oh man, worst experience. I hated it. I had to wake up so early. I lost all this extra spare time because of fucking Little League, and I was terrible. And one year, our team kind of got close to making it to, like, the championship or whatever. And, oh, I didn't have, like, that, you know, stereotypical moment where I'm, like, it's two outs, and I'm the one up at bat, and, you know, I'm the, I'm the last. That, that never happened to me, thank God. But there was many times where I was in the outfield, and uh, I was, because that's where I was stuck, of course. Um, because, you know, the people with the worst arm put them as far back as possible, of course. I mean, that makes the most that sense. 100% makes sense when they're kids. Yeah. 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 Especially, <laughs> you know, the kid who already has, uh, I, I had no interest in the game anyway, so I had no attention span either. Sitting in the grass, whatever. And I wasn't the only kid back there. The, some other kid was even worse than me. But that's beside the point. His mom was always yelling his name from the sidelines like, Donald, stop picking the grass, Donald. Stand up. <laughs> like she was that mom. Oh, it's fucking insane. But yes, I was terrible at Little League. I don't know why I was forced into it. I will say I was the same person in Little League. Like I wasn't great. I eventually yep. became a catcher and found success there. But that nice. was like my last season in Little League because I was on like a really bad team and their current <laughs> catcher, like the catcher who was on it, 
literally just couldn't stop the ball <laughs> ever. Like it became a problem. Yeah. And so I would do it in practice, but they would never have me do it in the game. And then they eventually put me in in the game as the catcher. And they were like, oh, this works. Should have done that sooner, I guess. But like Little League in Rotterdam, like Little League. And Watervliet. Yeah. And Watervliet and whatever, Colony and Albany and all this shit is all just for like five parents to just get their ego stroked that their kid is good at baseball against other like 11 year olds. And I hated all of them. And now retroactively right now, I feel guilty that my dad had to be like, yep, that one's mine. Just like, <laughs> fuck. It, what, it, him sitting around the water cooler, like with all the other dads, just like chilling. And then they're all watching. They're like, you know, souped up kids just like running miles around the track. And there I am just like, sitting on the ground looking for four-leaf clovers and just like barely catching the ball luckily for me i don't know though like i didn't i wasn't i was outfield for so long and then when i became a catcher that was my last season but it was like such a bad team like bad to the point where my dad says he remembers being at the games thinking like can't the other coach just like Oh, be like hey guys like we can end this right like no kevin it would be like 19 to nothing by like the third inning like it was bad bad. my dad says he remembers watching the games thinking like guys we get it like you won can we just fucking end this like clearly none of the kids are having any fun whatsoever yeah that team was so bad so in my neighborhood where I grew up was kind of near like other Rotterdam baseball families. Mm-hmm. So those families would always just pick me to be on their teams. But because you're not like the coach's son, you don't get playing time. But I was oh, okay never, with yeah. that because I was in it because at the end of the game, they would give you a ticket to get something from the concession stand. Uh, that's quite frankly why I was there. You know what? If they had done that, I might've liked it a little bit more. <laughs> I see the value of snacks. You don't have to convince me. I'm okay with that, you know? I will, you know, snacks are great. Maybe it would have helped me, you know, pack on a little weight. But I don't know. Yeah, I just kind of, as an adult, like, loved the game, wasn't really good at playing it, but just just kind of as stuck. It's a fun game. It's, to me, one of the best sports to just have on. That's fair. You know, you just put it on. There's something magical to me about like a summer afternoon where you just have a baseball game on and you're half paying attention to it. Maybe you take a nap. It just doesn't matter. Like it, that's what's fun to me about baseball. Yeah. That sounds like my experience with my dad. (laughs) It's also one of those excellent sports of you just mute it and you listen to music. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Because I base a lot of decisions in my life off of, can I mute this and just listen to music? I play sports games because I just mute it and listen to music. I can't play story-intensive games because mm-hmm. when do I listen to music? <laughs> That's literally what my brain says. You are listening to The Kevin Podcast. 
Now, based on what I know about you and the results of this current conversation, I know that you're going to think I'm insane, but I probably couldn't tell you the last time I listened to music that was my music at all. Like, I'm excluding all of the kids' music that I'm forced to endure on a daily basis because that, to me, is just pure white noise at this point. I have to tune it out because I think I would go insane. But I don't really listen to music. It sounds strange to say. This is actually a thing I wanted to talk to you about. I had a feeling. (laughs) What's it like? What's it like being a passive fan of music? Does that make sense? Like being a person who's like, yeah, I like music because I'm not a psychopath, but like, I don't need it on in my life all the time like i'm fine with like if i go a day or two without hearing a song i guess i'm fine like i don't think i don't actively think about music all the time does that make sense just to throw another span in the works i am a musician i play trumpet i've I've sang acapella groups you know that so i am a musical person i wouldn't say necessarily passive isn't quite the right word it's more, my music is very, very narrow in that I don't experiment often. I don't, I will kind of dip into a genre very little bit, but if I find something I really like, I'll latch onto that. I'll learn all their stuff, but I don't really go back and look for more. I, I kind of get content with the music I have. And occasionally someone will come out of the blue and I'll be like, oh, this out there absolutely in my new repertoire. Like, oh, okay. I would say Lil Dicky was kind of like that for me. Like, he was a kind of a, a more recent arrival to the scene in the grand scheme of music for me. He's a recent addition, as far as you know, within the past five to ten years, a new a new artist that I've listened to. But my music taste grows very slowly. I would say I'm very resistant to latching on to bands. It's almost like I have a limited attention span as far as the number of things I can actively follow and like and be passionate about without feeling like a phony. Like, I I don't think I could actively say I'm a fan of a band if I couldn't, you know, know a a good majority of their songs. And I would never claim, you know, fanship to 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 a band like that. But I would say, you know, I enjoy some of their stuff. But like the Beatles, I, I know almost every Beatles song. I'm a huge fan of the Beatles. I can confidently say I love the Beatles, but that's not a hot take. This is a question about the Beatles. Is there people out there who honestly are like, man, fuck this. I think that those people are just contrarian. Exactly. It's either that or we reach this point almost with culture things where artists that are kind of historic at this point that were very pivotal for the entire music industry and that genre as a whole, when they're that iconic everything becomes derivative of them so when you go back to listen to the original it sounds super played out and super you know cliche because they're the ones that started all the cliches so if you hate the beatles now you maybe don't appreciate fully the extent of their variety of albums you know it's very very different all their albums so you you don't know what you're going to get depending on which one you're going to listen to if you're a brand new fan. But if you've just listened to their popular stuff, that's when I think you're that's a passive fan and you're just like, "Oh, I don't really like them." Like I've met people who say they don't like Queen just because they don't like Freddie Mercury's voice. Fair enough. Whatever. I get that. You want to know what? I don't like Queen. Uh, you know, and that and that's fair enough. I am, I like Queen enough. I think my problem with Queen is actually a thing I think about a lot because my thing with Queen is that they're kind of, they're a band like Sticks, where their tunes are kind of show tuny. A bit, yes. Does that make sense? Yes, they're very, very razzle-dazzle. 
Yeah, and that's just a thing that I can't get into. But the other thing with Queen is, boy, some of their songs are some real rockers, and I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. And they did Under Pressure with David Bowie, and that's just one of the One of my favorites, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what? Do people hear that song and go like, ew, turn this off? I don't want to hear this anymore. (laughs) When I worked at Dinosaur as the catering coordinator, the like summer where I was basically running the entire department because the manager that like was in charge of it ahead of me left. So I was basically thrust into this role. But when I had like new people on on new catering things, like they would be offsite. So we'd be all be driving in the big dino vans together. One of the initiations for new people would be I would put that song on and I would just sing it the whole way because I can do the falsetto high parts pretty well. (laughs) So... Yeah, that was always a good, that was a fun time. So yeah, you know, I never got any hate for that. But, you know, I think it's one of those things that if it's contrarians are going to be around everywhere. You know, I'll say this, though, about the Beatles. Like, I don't hate the Beatles. I'm not going to be one of those people who's like, fuck them. They aren't great all the time. For me, I am kind of at the, like, exhausted point of having to hear so many people just suck the Beatles dick. Like, oh, yeah, sure. I get it. Yeah, They're yeah, really good. You can't talk anything about music without somebody on the Internet or somewhere just like bringing up the Beatles. And it's like, yeah, they're fucking great. We all get it. Like the Beatles don't need more defending. <laughs> no. And that's why I don't have those conversations, because I know that's what people are going to do. And I don't like that either. I agree. Yeah, that's a that's a band who just doesn't need defending because they're the biggest band that there's ever been (laughs) like it's just that's what i mean like oh i'm not gonna get onto the whole like everyone thinks their opinion is worth something rant oh i want to hear this rant sign me up i'm here sign me up because my opinion is worth something kevin we all have a platform to share the opinion but like that doesn't mean (laughs) that it's important or any any more accurate than anyone else's and just like i don't care that's why i don't post opinions that's why i don't share opinions online i have opinions if people ask me them i gladly share them i would talk to them about it but you know what i don't make opinions that i have my personality because i don't like those kinds of people so i don't want to be that kind of person you know what i mean Mm -hmm. no i get it i like to out of the blue be really passionate about a very, very pointless topic, like kind of a Larry David style where you just find something really insignificant that you don't like in society and just kind of make it sound like it's a huge deal. We, I feel we, we, me and you do that all the time. We'll just like pretend to get really mad. That is literally my entire existence. Oh, it's great. I love that. It's just, that is, that is how I live every day of my life is just being annoyed at the most insignificant things. And you know what? I get a lot of enjoyment from that. And I think that while, yes, it is, it's kind of, you know, it can be, it come across as petty. I think it, it just saves you from becoming that person where they're like, you have to like what I like otherwise. And I'm not even, I'm not going extreme political side. I'm talking just dumb, normal. It's literally an opinion because you can like something or not like something. It's an objective thing, like based on your taste or, or what you look for in music or blah, blah, blah. Like, to go back to your first thing about like not being an active music listener, I don't really listen to music if I don't have a reason to like back in the day I used music for sure like as a way to kind of work through emotions, try to identify the emotions I was feeling or whatever, like people right. with teen angst do, that kind of stuff. Linkin Park, I listen to all that shit. Yeah, here's the thing, what teen didn't Exactly, you know? But, but, but <laughs> yeah. I don't go back and listen to them now and I've I've tried and you know what? 
it's just not the same because I don't feel the same things I felt when I listened to it before. So like, it doesn't feel like I want to listen to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I try not to like say I hate things anymore. I've been trying to just say like, oh, I guess that's just not for me. And that's unbelievably okay to just have something not be for you. I love not being the target audience for things because I don't have to hate it. And I can just like, it, you know, it can exist and I can just be like, oh, yep, that's a thing. But I don't have to, that's as far as it has to go. You know, it's great to just be like, yeah, that's not for me. Also, the things I have learned that I'm the target audience for is also full of a <laughs> bunch of people that I'm just like, oh, I don't want to be near these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, you like fish in the Grateful Dead. Well, do you want a patchwork <laughs> uh, suit coat? And I'm just like, yeah. no, that's idiotic. Or it's like, oh, man, check out these dreads. I'm just yeah. like, gross. White people with dreads is gross. Like, no. Get, and, like, that's what the target audience is. Like, yeah. things that are advertised for me are also the same advertised for those people. And I'm just like, no, I don't need patchwork socks and dreads. Welcome to the Music Library Quiz Show. Welcome to the Kevin Podcast, and today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Anthony Pantusco. Anthony, how are you today? Uh, hi, Kevin. First-time caller, long-time listener. Uh, really excited to be here today. If you could give me, like, five guesses as to artists that you think that I have in my current iTunes library. Okay. Weezer. Do you have a little Weezer on there? I have... Two Weezer albums. Let me guess the blue and the green album. You got it. I can't believe I actually nailed it. Chance, I'm gonna assume you you like Chance the Rapper. No, no Chance? There is no Chance the Rapper. Nope, no Chance the Rapper. Wow, that's embarrassing. Got a little Flight of the Concords on there. Big fan of them. Herbie Hancock. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you're a trumpeter, so obviously Miles Davis. Final answer? Yeah, yeah. What? It's a negative on that? Ah, yes, I'm sorry. But you still got three out of five correct. Go on and tell him what he won. You've won an all-expenses-paid viewing of The Wizard of Oz, synchronized to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. And that's all we've got for today, folks. Back to the show. So Dark Side of the Moon is a weird one for me, so that album, album, I find that listening to that album genuinely almost therapeutically brings my brain kind of it calms it and it puts me on like a, a normal level almost in a weird way it's very calming very relaxing obviously there are some moments where it gets loud and all that stuff but there are sequences where i can just listen to it i totally get that i have so many albums that are that <laughs> that's like my total zone out brain refresh album like you're almost like defragging your brain you're just letting it idle you're not doing anything you're just absorbing music like a sponge and just letting the waves of sound yeah and obviously you can tell that's not something i do often oh so that is actually 
we found what I was trying to ask by asking, like, do you passively listen? It's more of the, when you listen to music, are you able to just get to that point where it's just, like, you and music? Yeah, I'd say so. Does that make sense? Like, like what you experience with Dark Side, right? And just that kind of therapeuticness and how it's, like, has been there for you for times that you've needed it for you. Yeah. You know, I, obviously I'm not you. I don't know. Times oh no of course yeah yeah share those times with anybody yeah yeah but like that's how most music that i listen to i experience does that make sense it does like that's just all of music for me it's just that feeling of just like oh this is so fucking great there's just nothing fucking better than this right and that's all day for me <laughs> yeah so that's more of what I was trying to ask okay. with that question of like, because it's interesting to me because like I've never really talked to many other people about like the most of the people I talk to on a system basis all like experience music the way I do, where it's just mm -hmm. like, this is the most incredible thing ever. Like humans just make this and it's just super cool that we do that and we're like casual about it. <laughs> when, oh, like, absolutely. In reality, it's. To me personally, it's like just what the fuck? Like, like you listen to David Bowie, and you're just like, a dude made this, just a regular fucking dude like you and I, just a dude who some days just is like, man, I gotta wipe a bunch today, and that's annoying. Mm -hmm. Just made a bunch of fucking David Bowie's music, like it's incredible. Made music that just guys. No, no, amazing. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. But that's more of what I was asking. Mm, okay. When you listen to music, how are you engaging with it? Like, I'm not saying, like, analytically breaking down. Well, the chord structure's here. Of course, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, people who do that, that's fine for them. Like, that's yeah. awesome. That's how their brain works. That's how... I would say the majority of the way I experience and interact with music is if I'm driving in the car by myself... And it's music that I know or have listened to enough where I know the words comfortably enough and there's no one around because I've always enjoyed singing. I don't think I have a terrible voice. So when I'm in the car and I'm listening to music that I know, that's what I could do. You know, I've, I've spent, you know, many, many car drives by myself learning all the Lonely Island songs, you know, all the Lil Dicky songs. Every artist I mention, I mention them because odds are if there are songs that are on there, I know all the words. So it's almost like I have a limited amount of space in my brain to memorize lyrics, so I have to almost limit myself to who I listen to. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because I can't just listen to it often. Like I have to be able to sing it as well. It limits what I can listen to to an extent. So it's tough. I did lie. I have one asterisk to make. There's one other song by a different artist that has given me a similar therapeutic effect in that similar scenario, and that is the Beatles song "Within Without You." So. It's the last track off. I would like you to fact check me on that. I'm I'm, I'm pulling it up. The last yeah. track on Revolver. And if it's not the last track on Revolver, don't correct me because I want to see if I can get it with my next guest. It is not. I have the correct answer, but I'll let you try to get this one because I actually i am silly for not, not remembering it. It's one of my most listened to albums, honestly. Is it Rubber Soul? It is not. No, what album is it? It is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. That's off Sgt. Pepper's. 
think that was hot soda. Sure is. It's, but yeah, that there's something about the instruments in that one that, man, that one can just totally like sedate me for like, I'll just play that on, on repeat for a few times and just kind of just bring my brain down to a normal functioning level. Damn, this album has. It's a fucking stacked album. Is yeah, I mean, it's one of the most incredible albums ever recorded. I've listened to that one many, many times through, honestly. It's also just one of the, like, it's Wikipedia. Each song has its own entry. Oh, yeah. If you click on tracklist, each fucking song has its own entry. That one, and I'd say my second most most listened to is Magical Mystery Tour, but those are definitely my top two. Oh, Magical Mystery Tour. I love, um... Baby, you're a rich man. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too, yeah. That's a good one. forgot the name. Yeah, that's a good one. I was thinking of Tomorrow Never Knows. Uh, That's a really good song. That's a a really cool song. Thank you for listening to The Kevin Podcast. I'm going to give you whatever listeners made it this far and wherever this is in the episode. I'm going to give them a little inside baseball on cookies. Oh, boy. ShopRite. Do you know of ShopRites? I'm aware of them. The third grocery chain in the area. Oh, yeah. In fact, I don't go to my local ShopRite only for this one product. It's the only time I go there because I have beef with a kid who works there to where he pisses me off so much. I will just no longer return to that grocery. I believe that about you 100%. I called him, not to his face, after I got home and was just in a tizzy, okay? I was wound up by just, I didn't even interact with him. I just watched him interact with the world around him, and I just got mad. <laughs> and I got home, and I was in such a mood. I, I said, he is just... Oh, man. One day when I was there, I, this is one of the things that like started my anger with him, is there was a 10 for 10 on box mac and cheese. And I was like, well, I don't, I eat, you know, who doesn't eat box macaroni and cheese? I eat box macaroni and cheese. Not often, but I like to have it around because it is sure. one of those incredibly easy dinners that you just throw together, you know? I mean, I'm going to also say this, nobody should eat box mac and cheese. Because cheese shouldn't be fluorescent orange. No, but it's great when it is, though. It's so good. Yeah, I love the flavor of it so much. So it was a 10 for 10, and I was like, well, that's that's a good enough deal to where I'll buy, I'll buy, like, five of these. And so I went up with, like, five, and they didn't ring out, and I was like, oh, you know, there's a a sign there that says, like, 10 for 10, Uh, do, do you have to buy 10? And he wasn't the cashier. I was at a different cashier, but he was nearby and he overheard it. Oh, man. And he came trucking over to explain to me how a 10 for 10 sale works. Oh. And he like went and checked the sign and brought the sign back. And I was like, yeah, oh, no. I know the fucking sign says 10 for 10. I was just wondering if I got five, would they be $5? And then. It became a thing to the point where I was like, okay, you've ruined mac and cheese in my life. Wow. And I didn't buy any of the mac and cheese that day because this kid just annoyed me. And he's that kid where, where you're cashing out at the grocery store and you just want to give them their money so you can take your food and go home. 
Yeah. But he's that cashier who's like, ha, today's been a rough day. And you're like, nobody fucking asked. Oh. Nobody fucking asked you eraser of a human. Yeah, I, I know the one, know the type. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah, you did all switch to paper bags. That's cool. Anyway, I don't give a shit. Please oh. let me leave. Oh, you're gonna like use your fucking counterfeit money thing on a $50 bill I gave you? Thank you for being an asshole. I love when they do that because what what can I say if I just got it from the bank? What am I going to do in that situation, you know? There's going to be nothing I do. All they're going to yeah. do is call the cops. Cops are going to show up and I'm going to go, I literally just got this from the bank. And the cops are going to go, what bank? And I'm going to tell them they're okay. That's it, yeah. Here's the other thing. Kid, you love ShopRite so much, you're like, well, ShopRite can't get counterfeit money. That would be devastating for them as a company. No, it wouldn't. That company has so much insurance, it would be a blip on their <laughs> fucking radar. It is just... Shit like that just will annoy... As we said before, how we just get angry at just little bullshit that isn't the most insignificant thing. Of course. And I, I just... Oh, that fucking kid. Every time I, I won't go back to that shop, right? Oh, I will, but only to look for the one thing that started all of this. And that is they make a chip witch where the filling is cannoli filling. Damn. And then it's two of those wonderful store chocolate chip cookies. Thanks for listening to the Kevin Podcast. Goodbye. See you.